Sheehan Moji, welcome to Beyond the Fight. How are you today? Oh, Andrew, I'm doing great. How are you? I am very awesome. So I had to, before, I just had to make sure the sounding worked because sometimes with these free apps, you know, there's a bit of a technical issue or two. But without further ado, people, today, this is Beyond the Fight, episode 20 of season two. And I'm joined by a very special guest. He's from Iran, but has made Canada his home. He's a Sheehan and Kyokushin Khan at the Halifax Dojo, owning a dojo of multiple disciplines, an amazing individual who loves martial arts, and, and also an amazing Iranian, so happy uh, no, late Noruz. And he is none other than Shian Moji himself. Oh, thank you, Andrew. That was awesome. Thank you so much for uh, your kindness. Uh, it is a pleasure to be here with you. Well, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's also an honor to host you because the show, as I always like to say, I know it's, I'm always beating on a dead horse, but as I say, the show doesn't happen if the guests uh, don't come on because it's a team effort here. So I've had multiple guests, especially in the Khan family, such as uh, uh, Renshi, Shian, Tom Callahan. I've had Sensei Junior Russo, and now I get to host you, which is an honor and Hopefully, many more in the con, as uh, I really like the unity I see from you guys. Oh, thank you very much. You're doing an amazing job, Andrew. We appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. So, you know, yeah. there's a lot of questions that I have for you. You know, it's, uh, it's going to be like a Joe Rogan experience uh, uh, a podcast where, you know, it's like a free flow convo. You know, we talk about fighting. But yes. I want to hear about, I want people to know who is Shian Moji before karate, growing up in uh, Iran, because we see Iran yeah. in the news, and I want you to give yeah. people what it was like to grow up uh, when the, in, under the under the either the pre-Islamic revolution or post. From your views, yes. Oh wow, yes. Okay, I have to make it short because if that <laughs> could be a book. I can write. I can write. I can write a book about that. But I try to be really efficient. Okay. Yes. So I was born in 1969. April 11, 1969, in Tehran City. My parents were not originally from Tehran, but they moved from their, you know, own town to Tehran, and they met there, and they got married. And, you know, I was born in a Tehran City in 1969. And revolution happened in Iran, Andrew, in 1979. So I was, you know, 10 years old. Um, you know, before revolution, we had a Shah as a, you know, king, for yes. our country, Muhammad Reza Shah Pahlavi. And I remember till I was 10 years old, the Iran was, um, you know, I saw, I remember a lot of foreigners coming to Iran for vacation. Like Iran was the hottest spot for the people to come for vacation. I remember when we went to the north of the Iran to Caspian Sea, there were a lot of foreigners there at the beach. All right. It was, a, it was an open country. It was, uh, you know, uh, we had a good life, but it, I, I was a kid. I don't know. But all of a sudden we heard that people are at the street and they want to kick the kings out. All right. So I don't want to get involved to the politics, why happened and how happened. But from all my reading, all was the in that time political move, because really this religious guy Khomeini came start the revolution but it was supported by the western uh, politics because our king was becoming very strong in the region in that mm -hmm. time oh it's so, very true actually it is true 
Exactly. All right. There are a lot of evidence about that. So we don't get into that. I no. go very quick. So I remember, and after that revolution happened, and, you know, I remember what I remember, I used to go to the, you know, my school, elementary school, and boys and girls all together, we go in the classroom, normally sitting, and after the revolution, all of a sudden told us, boys going to go to the separated school and girls going to go to the separated school. <laughs> That's a big thing. As a kid, I remember that I was really upset because, you know, I want to see all of my friends. What happened? <laughs> you know? And uh, anyway, revolution happened. And then, uh, you know, you imagine you're 10 years old. You see the revolution at the street, gun shooting, people getting injured. And then after the revolution, right away, Iran, Iraq, war started. And Iran went through the war with Iraq uh, that took almost nine years, all right? So I grew up in the war to see, you know, the hard time that people have during a war. Uh, missile coming, bombs coming, airplane coming. Like, uh, it, it wasn't, it, it, it's not something, Andrew, I can ex- explain how it's to be in the war. You have to be in that moment to feel it. The one simple things I want to get from it, uh, uh, it, it just came to my mind now, maybe it's a good thing I mentioned it. I remember when September 11 happened and people were really upset. I was upset too, you know, for why this kind of disaster happens in our life, you know, why we do such a thing to ourselves as a human being. But one thing I always tell my friend when they ask me, I said, you see the September 11, what happened in one day? You imagine your life 10 years be like that. Every day be a September 11. And then how it's going to affect those people. So that's why I am really against the war. I, I, I am really against the war. I never support any war. War is just for... Um, uh, for some other people to get benefit from it. It never benefits the regular normal people that they are living their life. All human beings in their life, they want a good life, be happy and, uh, you know, have a, uh, uh, have a time that they can raise their family well and, and have, have a good life. This is all human beings want in the world. But unfortunately, again, the country's politician gets involved and start the war so that's how i grew up i was in the war i i remember i when i finished the high school when i finished the high school i either either you in that time you had to go to you you had it if you can go to the university which it was really hard to go to the university in that time or you have to go to the service because it was mandatory you have to go to the army service so for me um, university wasn't an option because why wasn't an option? I lost my parents, Andrew, when I was young. When I was I'm very sorry years. to hear that. Yeah. Oh, thank you. It's it's part of the life, you know. I, I'm really sorry that they are not here now, but you know, um, I I think I become a stronger person in other cases, you know, in other uh, area of the life. Uh, I'm really sad. I, I a lot of them. I wish they were here that I would have. I was able to do something for them now. You know, that's the that's the only thing I, I, I sometimes I hope they were here that I could do something for them. But anyway, um, so I had to go to the army service. I, I university was an option for me. I I went to the army service. I was, um, you know, registered as a underground, but I mainly I was in the Air Force. 
but on the ground. So, and then go to the war. I, it, it was terrible experience again, you know, you see the young people dying. You see, you see just so many terrible things. As I said, you can't even explain it. It, it, it's, it was just, uh, I hope never, you know, any country, like we have to do that. We have to go through the war. So after, after coming back, I was a lucky person to finish my two-year service and come out from the, you know, get my license and come out. So when, when you finish your army service, you get a special license. If you don't have that license in that time, maybe now is the same in Iran. You couldn't get married. You couldn't buy anything. You couldn't do anything legally. You have to have that license. You couldn't get a passport. So when I finished my army and I got my license, right away what I did, I went and I got my passport. I got my passport. And in that time, um, economy in Japan was really good in 1990, uh, late uh, um, 1980s and early 1990s. So exactly 1990, I went to Japan. And that's because economy was good there. And people, I heard some of my friends, you know, they have been there and work. Economy is good. You can work and make a decent money. Uh, And, you know, uh, and if you want to go to anywhere else, you know, you have, there is a way from there to go to other country as a refugee. So honestly, that was my plan. So I got my passport and I went to Japan. I went to Japan and um, without knowing a language, without (laughs) knowing anyone, uh, 19, 20 years old, and I went to Japan. And it, it, it sounds crazy, but I was so desperate to change my future that nothing would scare me in that time. I had desire to go and change. I I never was thinking about what is the danger? What is the problem? I never was thinking about that. All I wanted, I wanted to go and change my life. That was all I wanted to do. So I went to Japan and uh, I remember, uh, this might be interesting, Andrew, I, I had a little bit of money with me. I didn't want to spend the money. What I said, oh, my God, what I do? I had the address of the park called Veno Park. Veno Park is in middle of the Tokyo, and it, I, I heard that some Iranian people hang out there. And I went there, and I went to the Veno Park, my suitcase with me. And to be honest with you, the first night, I didn't want to spend the money on the hotel. I stayed in the park. I stayed in the park. And then uh, the next day, there was a guy, one Iranian guy I saw that night there. We had a good conversation together. And then the next day, uh, another, and we found connection through that guy with another friend that they were able to help me out, to go to stay with them and help me to find a job. And Andrew, you know, this is a great thing about Iranian people. And not just Iranian people, a lot of good people around the world to do that. The guy, I didn't know him at all. I just got to Japan, met him there. But when we talked, he just offered his help to me. And, and, and you know, I took it and I went with them, stayed in their place. I went out, looked for the work. It took, uh, anyway, there is a lot of things. <laughs> As I said, I have to explain. I go quick. I cut it off short. I found a job in this place because this is related to how I got to the Kyokoshi. 
I found a job was uh, um, um, I found a place to work um, um, and I went there, work a little bit, didn't work out. One day we were at the party gathering this company had and there was another Japanese guy that who was the owner of the body shop and construction company. It was in that party. I couldn't speak Japanese that time. He spoke to my friend and he asked my friend if I am looking for work. And I asked, what is the work? He said, it's the mechanic shop and construction. You do both. And I said, oh, wow, actually, I have a diploma for mechanic from Iran because I went to the mechanic high school. So what happened, they, he hired me. I started working with him in his mechanic shop. And I started working for a few weeks, a month, I would say. And then one day he asked me, what do you do after work? I said, I go to the gym. It is funny. He looked at me and he said, that's where all the girls go. And I and he said, well, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> and he told me, what are you doing on Saturday? I said, not much. He said, get ready Saturday. I come pick you up. I'm going to take you somewhere that you might be interested. And I said, well, OK. Saturday, he picked me up. We drove. He took me to the Tokyo and I didn't know where we were going. We parked the car in the Tokyo. We came out, walked, we went to this street. And then I saw myself, I'm in front of the Hombu, Mas Oyama's Hombu in Japan. In, and, and I look at it and I knew about Kyokushin because in high school, I used to do Taekwondo and Kung Fu. And I really? had a friend. And really? I had a friend that was doing a Kyokushin. So we always kind of had fun with each other and tease each other. You know, he was like, ah, Kyokushin is better. And I was like, come on, Kung Fu is better. We kind of always, you know, had fun with each other about that. And can now, you tell me, yeah, can you tell me what, the, I'm sorry to interject here, but you said that you had a friend that did Kyokushin yes. in, uh, in Iran. What was it like in Iran back then from what you remember with the Kyokushin? Because now oh, very Iran's strong. a powerhouse. But then very like, strong. In that really? time, even was very strong. Like, you know, very tough. Like, even Kyokushin in Iran in that time even was famous as a too, a too strong kind of, very aggressive. All right? Okay. But, uh, you know, that's the way Kyokushin it is. If someone want a real martial arts for me, you know, besides, uh, you know, all the martial arts are good. I'm not, but for me, I had experience in Taekwondo and Kung Fu. And, and mm. always was interested to see how it is Kyokushin because I heard a lot about of it and Kyokushin guys always were really tough looking, really strong looking, all right? Mm-hmm. So I, we went to the, he took me to the Seoul Hongbu and when we went there, I remember these guys at the door, they all were saying, us, us to him. We went to the Hongbu, we went upstairs and we went to the room and there is Mas Oyama sitting there. I was shocked. I'm, I'm visiting Oyama. Like, I was really shocked. All right. We, <laughs> we, we visited Oyama. We sat there and he looked at me and, he, you know, I, from what I could barely understand, my boss told me, he tells me that you're very good looking young guy. You're good for Kyokushin. And in that time, Andrew, <laughs> I was six foot tall and 240 pounds. You know, I used to do a little bit of weight training. I was, I was a good shape. I'm not great, but I was a good shape. All right. 
six foot, 240 pounds. And he, he said, yeah, he, he, he can start any time. So, and then he asked me, where do you live? I said, I live in Saitamaken, which is another province close to, to Tokyo. So, and then he said to my boss, take him to Royama. Royama is in Saitamaken. So in that time, Royama Kancho was in charge of a Saitamaken, in the charge of a province I was living in. So... He got yeah, caught. Were... I got a little bit of call. Yeah. But oh, that happens. Yeah. yeah don't okay. worry. So I, um, 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 we went back to the Saitama, and my boss took me to Royama Dojo. In that time, was in Saitama Ken, Royama Kancho, because in that time, Sosai was alive, and it was only one Kyokushin, and everybody was working together. So I started Kyokushin officially training in Saitama Ken. Under Royama Kancho. That was a start of my Kyokushin. And since we started, just instantly I fell in love with it. We went to the dojo. I saw these guys, how tough they are, how hard they train. And it, it was really attractive for me. I liked it. I liked that, uh, you know type of activity so i got involved and you know from the bat from the beginning my instructor saw me i'm very interested and i'm gonna say my first instructor was chinone sensei he's a very well-known instructor still in japan and chinone sensei was amazing person like he right away saw i am interested he worked with me he covered me he was always you know encouraging me and teaching me and helping me to grow and um, you know in japan one idea in the teaching of the japan is i learned that from 10 years living there japanese have a tough love they don't come easy to teach you something they want to you show the interest you put the effort and then when they see you do that they will teach you. They don't hesitate to teach you. They give you all the information they have, which is beautiful, I think. You know, it's, it's a very well-disciplined manner. It, it's pretty much, if you're interested, come ask for it. And then we teach you. If you don't ask for it, if you're not interested, they leave you alone <laughs> pretty much to your own thing. <laughs> that's, a, that, that's, that's a very good system. Yeah. Now. Kancho Royama is an interesting individual because this is a man that, you know, based on what you said on your life story about growing up in Iran, Kancho Royama also had it, uh, had a pretty tough life too, growing up in North Korea yes. that not many people know about. And just that experience alone, did you feel that like you were able, like, did you guys find commonalities in your experiences oh, when Andrew, you guys formally met? Oh, I, I always respected him for what a great man he is. And in the beginning, Andrew, in Japan, the discipline is very strict. I remember in Japan, like when he would come to the room, I was scared to talk to him. I was kind of really timid. You know what I mean? It was, he had this yes. presence, like very strong presence when he came to the room. And, you know, this is Andrew about 30 years ago. He was younger. He was still, you know, um, his classes were amazing when, when I went sometime to his classes, you know. It, 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 it's just the energy was unbelievable. 
you know, very, very uh, strong individual. Like, he didn't need to do anything to show the strength. Like, it was almost coming out of him. You could feel it for me. It was like that. You know, and, but he was always great teacher, great teacher, great teacher when he was teaching. And, and one thing I remember he said that it shows what a great man he is. He, one of his advice to us was when we were training, he was like, you know, he asked a question in, in this class was instructor's class. We had sometimes you go to the hombu in Japan, in Hombu with Kancho Royama, and only instructors and black belt would go and he would teach the class. And I remember that you uh, asked the class one time, what would you do with the best thing you have or you know? Either, either is the knowledge or ability. What do you do with it? People have a different answer. And then he said, do you know, for me, what you do with the best thing you know and the knowledge you have, you pass it on to other people. That's the best thing you do with it. And, wow. and it, wow, that's that's very great. That's interesting. That was very amazing for me. I was this is amazing. Like you know, it, it, it's nothing else. What you do, just pass it on to other people. Isn't it great that you know? It really is. It really is because he shows that you want that. He's like, in order to make people better, you have to give what you know in order to help build a community. Absolutely. And that builds into something else. Exactly. Exactly. And that's all I think what we need. But unfortunately for me, sometimes you see um, with the model. Someone tried to call me and I just said, I just ignored it because you're more important. You're the priority right now. All right. Awesome. So, you know, that's what we need now. That's what we need. We need we need to be humble to teach and we need to be humble to learn. All right. That's how we can grow and get better together and become stronger together. All martial arts are great, but we have to work together, become stronger together. That's benefit all of us. That's what we want. That's that message for me. All right. We always have to make sure teach what we know to the people and learn from what people know. That's what I think. It was a great lesson I got from him. Yeah. So, yeah, I had an amazing time to training in Japan. And, and you know, as I trained, I met some other Iranian people that were there and training, which one of them was a great um, uh, person that had a lot of, uh, you know, um, uh, a lot of... Um, um, role in, in my Kyokushin to grow up, it was Shihan Khosro, Khosro Yagubi. He's still in uh, IKO 1 with uh, uh, Kancho Matsui. He works with him, but in that time, we were all the same. He's an amazing karateka. He is in Iran. He owns three dojo in Japan. He got married in Japan and he stayed in Japan. He's an amazing fighter, and I had amazing training with him there in Japan in their dojo. So, it, it, it was great experience training in Japan. It was great. Nothing going to be like that. You know, I, I strongly suggest if anyone, you know, we have a great instructors and we have great Kyokushin people all around the world. But if someone want to really experience the culture and real discipline of the Kyokushin, 
I strongly suggest they should make a time and go for a one month, two month, or whatever they like to train in Japan and be in Japan. It would be a great experience for everybody. Yeah, that that's like the mecca. That is the mecca of the art, and it's funny because my teacher, my current sensei, well, he's a knee down, but you know what? I I call him sensei because he's basically on that level of sandan and yandan. And Mohammed, who you know, said to me, he's like, yes. you have to go to Japan. He's like, you would be well, he's like, you'd be well liked there. And he jokingly said, because, you know, you have blue eyes and you're Canadian, the, the Japanese women are going to love you there. They're going <laughs> oh, to sure. to you. They're going to see you're tall, that you're like <laughs> Canadian. And I'm like, and I'm like, okay, I've got to go to Japan now. So when all this calms <laughs> down, I'm going to put some money aside and I'm going to go to the Mecca of Kyokushin, as you say, Xi'an. And uh, I'm going to definitely want that experience. I want to see what it's like to train under the, the Japanese themselves. Oh, yeah. It would be amazing. Definitely. I, 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 I'm really interested, you know, and the time comes and you go and experience that and then we can chat again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It is amazing. Oh, yeah. there's like the tracksuit too I need to get. Like I really need to get on it, you know, just to get the tracksuit too to show, you know, I, I just need to lose a bit of weight because with all the stuff going on right now, like I've been really neglecting uh, the training and the diet, but it's going to be coming back in next week, actually. So that's a good thing. Um, the other yes. thing I want to ask you is because like you, you're very well traveled. You know, you've been you grew up in Iran. You went to Japan. What and how and when did you come to Canada and what made you choose Nova Scotia compared to other provinces? <laughs> OK, Andrew, my um, I tell you what my dad used to say when we were where are you from if they ask you where are you from you have yeah. to say i'm not married yet <laughs> okay <laughs> do you know hold on, and i'll tell you what that means so when i was in japan training i met susan my wife in japan she's canadian okay Yes, I met Susan in Japan and, you know, the relationship went well and I proposed and we got married. And because Susan is Canadian and from Canada, I came to Canada. <laughs> that's that's pretty amazing. What was she doing in Japan? Was she like she was English? teaching English? Um, Susan, it. my wife, was teaching English and his her apartment, sorry, with her friend, their apartment was right behind our dojo. So some nights when we were training, she and few of her friends, they stand behind the glass from outside and watching us training. And, you know, that's how the eye contact started. And then, you know, one day we had the opportunity, I say hi and talk. And that's how relationship started. And we talk and, you know, we went out for a meal together and keep going and move forward. And, you know, something meant to be. And, and it went, you know, to the point that I proposed and we got married. And and we came to Canada. My wife originally is from Prince Edward Island, from PEI. So when we, we came here, we went to PEI. But Andrew, I was, I had a huge culture shock. You imagine from Tehran, big city, go to Japan, live in Tokyo, and then come to Prince Edward Island. I remember... I remember when the plane, the a pilot said, "We are, we are, on, we are getting to the Charlottetown Airport, and we are gonna, you know, get prepared for landing." And I looked outside, and I said to my wife, "I said, Susan, where is the airport? This is all filled. Look like we are landing in the middle of the nowhere." 
<laughs> it's true. No, it's very true. The Maritimes, the Maritimes are very, very small. It's like a very far, it's a very rural setting yeah. that you uh, moved into. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, I love it now. I love living here now because I found that how much of my life was wasted in the big city. Okay, so we came to PEI and, you know, my wife uh, had a plan to go, you know, either uh, find a job or continue the university. And, and I wanted to, you know, continue working. And eventually I always wanted to have a business. And I we talk and I said, no, PEI is too small. I can't. So we came to Nova Scotia because my brother-in-law in that time, uh, they were used to be my brother-in-law and his wife. They were living in Halifax in Nova Scotia, Andrew and Aaron. And, and we came and stayed with them and we look at Halifax. And, and I liked Halifax. Halifax is not a huge city, but it's not as a small as a Charlottetown too. All right. So we stayed in Halifax and, and uh, I remember, Andrew, when we start here, as soon as we settled, we came to Halifax. Even didn't pass a week, I started looking for Kyokushin Dojo. And there was no Kyokushin in Nova Scotia in that time. There was no Kyokushin in Nova Scotia. There was Kyokushin in that time in New Brunswick, which later I joined with them. It was uh, Sheehan Ray Cormier in New Brunswick Mountain. Uh, but there was no Kyokushin in Halifax. or So I contacted my friends uh, in Japan and, and you know, I said, well, I am a black, but why not? We should start. I should start the Kyokushin here. I start teaching. I start teaching in the community center with the one friend I invite to come to the class. <laughs> but you know, I never give up. I Kyokushin was always part of my life, and I want to continue it. And I did continuing till we slow, slow we grow. And you know, when you start the life, I got married. We just got a job, and then working you know, buy a house, have a kid. It, I always, my dream was to have my own dojo, to have a dojo. But, you know, uh, it didn't happen really fast, but I never gave up on it. You know, it took me, it took me 17, 18 years, but eventually I built the dojo. And now we have a Kyokushin dojo in Halifax. And, and, you know, I'm very grateful. We have a good members and it keeps growing now. Yeah. I really see that too. What I really like too about your dojo, Xi'an, is that you played it very smart. You're doing what we see now in the modern Kyokushin dojos. And this is what Khan is really capitalizing on, whether it's you, whether it's uh, Sensei, well, Xi'an, well, he goes by Sensei, even though he's a Xi'an, Junior yes. Russo. Yes. You're adding multiple disciplines. And this is the key to keep the Kyokushin dojos thriving. Because if you do one art, as we see with a lot of schools, it's going to be tough to survive with the competition. But if you have two arts or three, which I see you did, you guys, like you, Russo, amongst others, and Khan especially, are really, like, thriving with it. And it's amazing to see because that gives people the choices of varying up their training and it keeps them coming back. Yes. Andrew, one problem is still I have here after this many years is people don't know Kyokushin well. Mm-hmm. Here in Nova Scotia, Montreal is different. Montreal is huge. Quebec is huge. Kyokushin has been there from a long time ago. And that's a difficult time I have here, which is what people are knowing now. 
people are getting to know us. People are, you know, starting. I have a people coming sometime to our class from jujitsu or from kickboxing, but they come and train Kyokushin. And it's Kyokushin is great for everyone who likes the contact for like uh, for kickboxing. I train kickboxing with my friends Andrew in our dojo now. He's an instructor. Ramon is a, actually Iranian. Uh, uh, kickboxing fighter that is in my dojo instructor uh, uh, Ramon Ariyakhan you see the pictures if you see the pictures of the kickboxing Ramon is, uh, uh, is from Rasht he's originally from Rasht Ramon uh, is a professional Muay Thai and kickboxing uh, fighter he did a lot of fight he has he, he has took a lot of championship in Europe in Iran and you could see that this guy is amazing. But the good thing is, we trained with them, Andrew. My Kyokushin guys, even some of my juniors, with the kickboxing group, they all were shocked how hard we kick and hit. All these kickboxing guys. Even our juniors. We have the, we have the hardest life. Exactly. They, 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 they understand man kyokushin is strong like some of the kick when my son is 15 years old when this uh, one of the guy he's a you know adult uh, 210 20 pounds when my 15 years old was kicking he said i have to double the pad he he went grabbed another pad he was mm -hmm. shocked how hard kehan my son can hit but this is good thing you know People, I found that when we mix and train together, people get to know Kyokushin better. And that's, that's really helped to Kyokushin grow too. It benefits everyone, all right? So that's what uh, we are trying to do here to Halifax. Put ourselves out there as much as we can. Train the other people as much as we can. And our dojo door is open from, for everyone to come to our dojo to train. We have no problem with anyone from other group or individual that want to come to our dojo to train. You know, it, it's we welcome them, we really respect them, and we enjoy the training with them. That's really amazing. I really like what you're doing, and I love promoting it. And when I was talking with uh, Shian Callahan and oh. Russo, they were saying, and my and Mo Sensei Mo, they were like, you have to have Moji on, and like I'm really happy you're saying all this because it's really important to see what you're doing and how you're promoting it by having the other disciplines find out about Kyokushin. It's a very smart strategy, I feel. Yes. Because then that's how you create exposure. It might be slow, yes. but slow is better than no progress. Exactly. And, you know, what I also like about Halifax Dojo is how familial it is. Everyone's like a family there. And I can understand, as you said in the beginning, when you faced that hardship of losing your parents at a young age, I mean, I could never put myself in your shoes like that because the the most i've ever had was like i lost my dad at 22 uh oh, he was, sorry. Uh, he was yeah. from yeah it's okay it's five years but he's iranian too you know yes. he was born in tehran came to canada in 1965 and you know it's like i could see like how you use your hardship to like do better with it and that is so important and amazing to see because i see how you are with your students the dojos are full you even posted like a uh, this one man i can't remember his name but he came back for the first time in like over 30 years to get his black belt yeah and he's in his 60s and you were like and everyone was like supporting him to get his belt 
And that's what made me really realize, like, wow, like, this is how you run a dojo. This is, like, what's so key about having a, a, a dojo with a family-like atmosphere. It's always family. It's always Andrew. And what, what I learned from Japan, Andrew, what I learned through the discipline of the karate, when I have a uniform on and I go train in my own dojo, or if I come to the Montreal to train in any other dojo, if I had a chance to teach or be part of there, it's look like always being my family for me. It's never feel like, you know, I'm not blind to. That's how my feel is. When I am with the Kyokushin people, I am all about Kyokushin. In our class, in our dojo, you know, every person come to that dojo is look like my brother. Look, my son is training with me. It's exactly that's how we are. And that's, that's, you know, and most of the martial arts are like that. You know, I, that's why I like in general martial arts. The discipline we have, the martial arts, you know, the positive mentality we have in martial arts, it's, it's, it's very valuable. And especially in Kyokushin, you know, Kyokushin, we all are family. We all, our goal is to train and become better and make other people better. That's our goal, always. That's really amazing. So, you know, I really uh, wanted to ask you, you know, Mo Sishian, you know, when you, when it's all said and done, I always ask this to all my guests, you know, because like, I like to hear their why. When it's all said and done and you've passed on, what do you want your legacy to be for your kids and their, and the generations of children that you have? My kids, I, uh, I say to my kids in the class and what I say to my own kids, all right? M all I say to the kids' class, to the, my, uh, you know, students, the best reward I can get as an instructor, I think any teacher wants that, you know, it's not just me. I want all of them be 100% better than me. That's when I think I have done my job right. I want my students 100% be better than me. And also, I, I dream that each of them one day have an opportunity or, or want that route that become an instructor and start teaching a karate in their community or their neighborhood or their city for the people. That's what I want. You know, that's, that's my goal for martial arts. Because, because I believe it makes a huge impact to the people's life, martial arts. And to my own kids, what my dream is, I, I tell my son, you know, my younger son is 10. My older son is 15. Kurosh is 10 years old and Kehan is 15. So Kurosh is a little younger, but my 15 years old might understand better. You know, I said to him sometime, Kehan, my dream is after me, you carry this dojo. Wow, that's amazing. That's all it is to keep it going. And truly, that's what it is. I want this dojo to stay and operating even after me. That's, that's what that's I want. That's the most important. Yes. That's the key. That's so key because it, it's going to make the community in Halifax that much stronger. Yes. And it's just going to bring everyone together. Yeah. So there, here's another thing. I, I had to ask this. And Mo, to, and Mo said, I, I can't let you off with that. Well, don't worry. We're not done yet. <laughs> you know, but Because you met Mo. What, and Mo said said ask Xi'an Moji about the story of how we know each other because 
it's an interesting one, and you're going to laugh probably. So let's hear it. How do you and Sensei Mo, Mohammed Chick know each other? Listen, one thing I remember, the, the first meeting I had with Mo, actually, I was grading. I was doing my test, and Mo came up as a, one of the guys I fought. A little. We, we did a sparring together. We did a committee together. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, you know, I, I saw Mo, I've seen Mo in the tournaments. Uh, and what the, the, the major thing I remember the first thing was, I believe, if I'm right, I don't know if Mo said that or not, but it was in the seminar and the grading we had. No, he never mentioned that, but that's interesting. No, no, no. We had, I was going for my fourth then, I believe. Hiroshige Shihan, um, which is Hiroshige Kancho now, who passed away, with, uh, uh, came to Japan. In that time, Hiroshige Shihan was with Kancho Royama in Kyoko Shinkan. All right? You know that Kyoko Shinkan Bukai separated from Kyoko Shinkan. They were with yes. Kyoko Shinkan. But Hiro- Kancho Royama couldn't come. Hiroshige Shihan came to Canada and we had a seminar and grading here. Wow. And I remember, I think um, I had to do my testing. And when it come to the sparring, I had to do the sparring with Mo too. Mo came as one of the guys to do the sparring. And I think he was really nice to me. You know, he was, he, he's a strong, young <laughs> uh, athlete. And, and uh, you know, uh, we had that sparring together. I really enjoyed it. And after that, I met him in Montreal. We went for the tournaments, you know. And he's always respectful, great guy, great athlete. And, and, you know, you are in a great hand if you are training with Mo. I can say that 100%. Yeah, he's like a brother to me because he's also, when he comes on, he's going to, whenever that is, I don't want to, like, put him on the spot because he's busy with a lot of stuff right now. We're going to definitely talk about, like, have a deeper conversation, him and I, so stay tuned for that in the future. Yes. But I made the decision at my green belt. You know, like I was in a very bad place, as I say. And, you know, like when I got my green belt, I left my old school um, and I got my green belt. That was the plan. Most said, don't leave a yellow belt, get your green belt and then do whatever you want after. So I did that. And, you know, when it's just interesting you say that, that I'm in good hands, because when I said to my to my uh, at uh, Shian Stefan Marcotte, I said his tournament's last May. I said, "Oh yeah, I'm with Mo. Mo's my teacher." Like everyone's like, "Oh, you're with Mohammed." Okay, yeah, no problem. Okay, yeah, this and that, and like you get attention from everyone, and it's like it's nice. But at the end of the day, like the most important thing is to be humble and and have humility because this yes. is temporary, and that's what Mo really teaches. He's like, don't. He's like, don't have an ego. He's like, because if I see that you have an ego with me because of whatever, he's like, I'm going to drop you, and he's not afraid to like make that decision. He doesn't like working with people who have like bad intentions. He, he wants yes. to build like you do. He wants to build on the good, not the, the, the negative. So that's what makes working with him a real privilege. That's right. That's right. Oh no, he's amazing. I, he's an amazing guy. And, uh, and I love when you see the younger guy involved in the tournament, going to the tournament, they are active. And Mo was always like that. And I hope I, I, I haven't seen him recently, but uh, I don't know if it's still he, he's, you know, continuing that or not, but he, you know, uh, very great guy. But I enjoy meeting he, him every time. Yeah, meet. Oh, I, even like though, like he's my teacher. Like we're very, we're very close friends. You know, off uh, out of there too, because like, uh, and you know, I always like to say like, um, I like comparing fighters 
to like in Kyokushin to MMA fighters because that's the analogies I make. And I always like to say, you know, he is uh, the Gegard Musasi of Kyokushin. If you ever <laughs> yeah. watch Gegard Musasi in, in MMA, like he was in, he's in Bellator, he fought in the UFC. Yes. Very similar style. They use their reach, they both use their reach and they have that stoic stance where they just, they're a mountain. Yes. And that's why they're, they're, they are, they're, he's a very unique fighter. And that's why I make that comparison. And he likes it, you know. He, he, he won't say it really, but off the record, he'll be like, yeah, he's like, he's like, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's why I like hearing his stories. And so other than knowing Mo, you know, you've, uh, what, what do you, what do you see uh, Halifax Dojo doing in the future now with the, uh, with everything going online and social media? What do you, how are you planning to evolve the brand of your dojo? We are, we have to as, we have to as much as we can. You know, the one thing it is for us, the growing here is limited a little bit because population is very important for your growth. All right. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, Halifax City, Nova Scotia province in total has a one million population. Halifax City that I am is about 500,000. All right. So, the population is main, um, you know, uh, main part for us. For 500,000 people in Halifax, there is a lot of different martial arts clubs. You know what I mean? So that makes yeah. it a little bit harder. But says that, I'm not focusing on that. I am focusing in Halifax Dojo truly to be who I am. What is Kyokushin? As best as I can present the Kyokushin to the people how we train, what we do, and what we believe and stand for. And, and, and be positive and, and to be honest with everyone. And, and it is working, Andrew. It is working. We don't do a whole lot of marketing. Most of our students comes from word of the mouth. That's, they still have key. Heard, That's one of the key things. Exactly. They have heard, oh, go, go see these guys train there. Oh, go see that guy train there. And, 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 and that's great. One thing, Andrew, maybe what, this is interesting I explained to you. One, one time, you know, I, I, um, I had a guy keep texting me, like sending me a note through the website that I don't think you guys are, you know, he was, he was a young guy in experience, but he was keep going at me like, you know, karate is a joke. You guys, you know, blah, blah, do nothing. You guys, are, you know, karate is this and that. He was kind of, I think this guy either, uh, to be honest with you, either was a little bit off <laughs> or he wanted to trigger us and see what he can get or what. What I did, I stayed keeping nice with him and invite him to the dojo. Whatever he would say in a negative way, I would say, hey, man, I know I totally understand what you're saying. You know, come over and train with us. Come over one day. You know what I mean? Andrew, fair enough, he showed up to the class. But he didn't tell me first that he's the guy was texting me. Okay? He came to the class. He came to the class, Andrew, We start training. And I remember that time we were training with the guys. I was trying to get the guys ready for the tournament too. We were having a good class. And he came on Friday. Friday is our fight class too. And he came. We start the class, Andrew. 
after the stretching and a little bit of warm-up and conditioning that normally we do, we went past through to 30 minutes. I saw him, he's losing the color in his face. I approached him and I said, hey, listen, man, uh, feel free to take a break anytime. Don't push yourself. You know, if it gets hard, just take it easy. You just came today. Don't push it. You know, whenever you want to stop, stop. Go have a sip of water. Come back. He was, no, 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 no. It's okay. It's okay. We went, we keep doing, we were keep doing our training. You know what I mean? We were keep doing training. We didn't got into the, you know, sparring or fighting practice. Still, we were doing all of the conditioning and, you know, uh, work for, get ready for that. About 45 minutes, an hour, he said, can I go out? I said to him, go out. He went out and I went, I got worried for him. He didn't came back. And I went out, I saw him, he's sitting on the chair outside by the washroom. And he said, man, I feel sick as a hell. What the hell are you guys doing? This is your class every time? And I said, hey, I'm sorry, man. I told you don't go too hard. Just keep going to get used to it. And then he told me he's the guy that was texting me. <laughs> wow. Of all, of all things that... So he admitted it. He admitted it. He said, and he said, man, this is really different. This is not a karate I thought. (laughs) I said, well, I don't know what kind of karate in your head you were thinking, buddy, but this is our karate and this is how we train. And you are welcome to come anytime. And I was looking forward to see him to come, but Andrew, he never came back again. (laughs) Wow. That was amazing. You know, I those things happen. Social media and everything for future of our crop. We want to put out there as much as we can positive message, positive videos, positive information, and you know, try the best we can to uh, to introduce the Kyokushin more and more to the people here. That's pretty much our goal. Well, you're doing an amazing job. Thank yeah, you you very know, much. I really like what I, what I see, and you know, and you know, it's uh, the fact that I get to have you on is a big honor. And, you know, I love I love promoting what you do, and I love what how Khan is it, the the Kyokushin Khan, the members I've spoken with. They're helping me too with the podcast and make the community. It doesn't matter if you're IKO One Shin Kyokushin Khan or shit or um, or uh, Matsushima or whatever organization yes, exactly. at the end of the day we're under we're under one banner and that's we are one exactly this, this is this is one thing you know I have to say Andrew Kyokushin got split it to the so many different group it's 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 okay if it's want to be that way it's okay but we have to all work together we have to all be positive and work together still all of us, it doesn't matter. Kyokushin Khan, Kyokushin Kai Khan, uh, Kyokushin, you know, Shin Kyokushin, we all want to promote Kyokushin and be a positive, help, you know, message in the community. That's our main goal. Yeah. And we have to That's work awesome. toward that, all of us together. Always. 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 That's, the, that's the key. So I want to also ask, you know, this is something I like to do, Shia, and I've done it with my past guests. So I do what's called one fighter, one word. Now, the fighter could be someone from K1. It can be somebody from MMA. It can be pro boxing. 
could be even Kyokushin or it could be like a teacher. So I'm gonna give you uh I'm gonna give you a good one. So are you ready for this yes. one? Yes. Okay. So my my one fighter, one teacher, one word is Xian Ray Cormier, one of the legends in Kyokushin. Oh for Canada. Okay. That that's your pick. Yes, that's my pick because uh, he's done. He's uh, he's he, everywhere we go. Everywhere like I have uh, like a guest on, like I mentioned, Ray off, off the record, positive things. Oh, to say. he's a, he's so, an amazing person. Absolutely, he's an amazing person. Mm-hmm. You know, Andrew, we all, we all. Sheehan Ray Cormier is the amazing person as a person. All right, he is an amazing person. He is very positive person. Absolutely. And, and, you know, unfortunately, we got separated from each other. And that's because, you know, we all are different. You know, sometimes, yes. sometimes maybe I can't get along with you, Andrew. All right. That's not mean either of us is bad or not good. All right. That's maybe just you have your own way of look at things and, and you know, to be and I have my own way. Still, we can be good and positive together and work together. But you have your way of doing the things and I have my way of doing the things. All right. And I think uh-huh. we, she and Ray Cormier was in the Kyokushin Khan with us and we were training together and always together. And then he separated to us because of the different value or belief he had. You know what I mean? And that's respectful. If, if, if he cannot work with us and he wants to be, you know, with another group, that's his choice. And absolutely, I respect that. I have no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. But as, as you mentioned, he's a great person for sure. He's a great person, positive yes. person that, you know, working in the community and have a positive message for everyone. Absolutely. That's amazing. I always like to focus on the positives and I really like what you absolutely. said. As, as you were saying, it's unfortunate that separations happen yes. sometimes. It is what it is. We can't control it. But what I, as I said, what I see also is there's still that respect there, and everyone Absolutely. speaks very well of each Absolutely. other. And that's what I love about Kyokushin. That's why uh, my goal is to get my sandan eventually, and oh, then, you know, teach kids and uh, work with special needs kids. You know, that's the uh, one thing I want to do. Absolutely. And awesome. uh, that's 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 my ultimate goal. That's what being a black belt means. It's like helping those who feel marginalized or feel like they they can't get ahead in life and you know i feel that's where kyokushin can really help them realize that they do have that potential to get ahead in their life i agree i agree that's great andrew you're doing amazing man i'm really proud of you i'm really proud to have a iranian friend like you andrew it's awesome buddy (laughs) yeah thank you you know as i said when i come out of my hiatus from uh, fighting i definitely have said i want to definitely come out with the iranian flag but not the current flag i want to come out with the one of the Shah with the lion. That's what I'm going to do to yes. fight to represent all of Iran. You know, my, I'm, yes. I'm a very proud Iranian of my history. I took Iranian history. I love what Iran has given to the world historically in ancient times. And until even when uh, it became modern, I think it's important to understand for those who want to know the history, please don't feel shy to ask me or others off the record about what Iran was like. I'll be glad to tell you. And, you know, I, I just love what I see from the Iranian community in uh, Kyokushin Khan. And, you know, there's others that I'm planning to have on soon. I can't say who, but I'm sure you have an, a few names oh, I... that you could tell me off the record. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, so where can people connect with you, Xi'an Moji, if, or if they want to, like, uh, connect with you on all platforms? 
to you know the, how they can connect with me yes. oh uh, um, you know the, all the information we have a website andrew is info at hfxdojo.com uh, that's mm-hmm. my email sorry and our website is www.hfxdojo.com that's our website okay. and also we have our in- instagram page again under hfxdojo and uh, mm-hmm. and we have our Facebook uh, under the Halifax Karate Dojo, HFX Dojo. Yeah, and you know, as I always say, if anyone from anywhere they had a chance to come to Halifax for the vacation, for the business trip, if they had the time to come to our dojo, our door is open and they are welcome to come visit us and train with us. Awesome, that's amazing. Well, once again, Shian Moji, uh... I can't thank you enough for taking uh, an hour out of your day to, to, come, in, to come on Beyond the Fight. I'm excited to publish this episode and for anyone to get a good history discussion and also learn more about your experience with uh, Kyokushin and martial arts. I think everyone's going to enjoy this episode, so let's promote the hell out of it and really get this going to, to build something from it. Thank you very much. And I really appreciate your time to spend this one hour and, you know, doing this and, and uh, you know, give me the chance to talk with you. I really appreciate it, Andrew. Oh, thank you. Once again, you have an awesome day, Shian. Uh, keep doing what you're doing and I'll keep also doing what I can to share your content so people become more aware of it. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. 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 Have a good one, Shian. You too. Awesome.